What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 289, almost at 300, getting super close. I think for that episode, we're going to have to do something unique, something special. Not quite sure yet. Um, but in the meantime, we got another dozen episodes coming out. We got some really cool guests coming on next week. I think we'll have the graph on um, one of their top engineers, I believe, or their VP. We'll, we'll see when we get closer. And then a couple others that I'll just surprise you with as we roll into uh, the following week to start November. Anyways, before we jump into today's episode and the content that we're going to cover with uh, primarily with the CFTC versus the SEC and classification over crypto, I um, want to talk about a few things that we are doing here with Blockshash. One being the book finally coming out, The Future Economy. We just got copies uh, in the mail. This will. This is already on pre-sale. Actually, you can find this on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, pretty much uh, any anywhere in the U.S. Any outlet, any retailer, you can get it um, early. Pre-order it, and it'll be out for um, its launch on January third, um, and then that's when you'll be able to get your actual physical copy. Uh, the Future Economy. If you don't already know much about it is a book that I wrote with Forbes that covers the Web3 industry and the different ways that it's affecting and changing global economics, how it's changing society, how it's changing the internet, um, and really is a good beginner to intermediate understanding of not just uh, blockchain, but this entire industry, how you can get a job, how can you invest, how you can uh, become a developer, how you can hire, how can you work B2B with other companies in the space, with existing traditional companies, with crypto blockchain companies, um, and kind of how to navigate these waters that we're um, going through right now, this massive change in the internet that's completely revolutionary is going to solve so many long-standing problems in the world that have been around for a long time. So make sure to sign up and get your official copy if you haven't already. And also, if you want to learn more about Web3 on a daily basis, um, well, for now, it'll be on a weekly basis, but we'll also switch the newsletter to a daily newsletter at some point too. Um, but you can sign up for that at The Future Economy, bit.ly bit slash The Future Economy. Um, if you want to check that out, we'll have more details on that soon. Anyways, let's jump into what you guys are here for, which is today's main topic, the CFTC versus the SEC. So what is going on? So for a long time now, the SEC has tried to say that crypto and blockchain 
should be regulated by their agency that crypto falls into the classification of a security. However, it's not the only agency in the U.S. that disagrees and thinks that it should be classified as something else. So as we all know, the courts have ruled that Bitcoin is considered property, not a security. Ethereum is considered property, not a security. So where does that leave the rest of crypto? Um, we all know there are so many things you can do, so many things that do kind of look like security, some things that do kind of look like commodities and things that are just a hybrid or look like something else entirely. So right now, the CFTC and the SEC are kind of in a battle trying to grab as much ground and clarity and the ability to regulate certain aspects of the crypto industry. Um, and this kind of falls down into the definitions that they have laid out for securities and commodities and makes it difficult for them to take one and put it in the other. So Bitcoin, you have to ask yourself, is Bitcoin a security? Probably not. Is it a commodity? It's much closer to a commodity, but it's also a currency. So is Bitcoin a hybrid asset? Is Bitcoin a commodity? Is Bitcoin something else? Same thing with Ethereum. Ethereum has a different purpose than Bitcoin. It's not meant to be a currency, but rather a platform for uh, smart contracts. So does that make Ethereum a commodity? Does that make Ethereum equivalent to a platform like the App Store or like Amazon? What is Ethereum? Because Ethereum also has the ability to create tokens that are very similar and lookalikes to securities. So does that make Ethereum a security or a platform of unregistered securities? Those are good questions. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to read you both the definitions for commodities and for securities, and then we can make our own decision and you guys can make your own decision. So in terms of a commodity, we'll start with that first. The CFTC has taken the view that the de uh, definition of a commodity effectively means that any service, right, or interest for which a futures contract exists or could exist in the future qualifies as a commodity. Examples of commodities include physical commodities such as energy, metals, agricultural commodities, and intangible commodities such as environmental carbon offsets and interest rates. Um, so it doesn't have to be something physical. It doesn't have to be something tangible. It can be something that kind of is digital, something that kind of is on paper, something that is more of an idea with value than something physical. So Bitcoin can fit into this. You can apply a futures contract to Bitcoin, to Ethereum. So there's a good case there. This is where it gets tricky with securities because the securities law is maybe a little too specific. Um, the official definition, the term security means any note, stock, treasury stock, security future, security base swap, bond, debenture, evidence of indebtedness, certificate of interest or participation in any profit sharing agreement, collateral trust certificate, pre-organization certificate or subscription. I'm not even halfway through. Transferable share, investment contract, voting trust certificate, certificate of deposit for security, fractional undivided interest in oil, gas or other mineral rights, any put, call, straddle, option or privilege on any security. I'm just going to stop there because that's like halfway through the actual definition. Um, it's too long. It's too complicated. And nothing in their 
directly relates to what a cryptocurrency is. Some of these laws have been in place for a long time, but are entirely outdated and need to be fixed, need to represent the world we live in today in a Web3 based society um, where we do have tokens, where we do have um, cryptocurrencies that represent tangible and non-tangible things in that standalone have value. So that's something um, in which the FCFTC and SEC are battling over and probably other agencies will probably weigh in with their opinion. And a lot of this pressure where the FCFTC, <laughs> they need to change this acronym. It's, uh, there's too many acronyms out there for these agencies. A lot of this pressure is coming from the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, which is a bill of legislation that is in Congress right now pushing uh, to regulate this industry and give a bit more clarity around not just crypto, not just tokens, but DeFi, stable coins, and how to tax these things, where to put exemptions for consumer spending, and uh, various other things. So it's probably the most likely bill to go through Congress. I'm hoping that something goes through Congress. I'm just hoping also that it makes sense and everything is classified as best as possible. Because at some point, and we all know this, crypto needs its own classification. Maybe at some point it needs its own agency. But for now, it's got to fit within a realm of these different agencies. And they have to work together. The CFTC and the SEC must talk. They must share data. They must collaborate. And they must uh, work together, pick up the phone, and figure out what to do. Anyways, so that is the main topic we were going to cover. We have a few other things that I think are very interesting that I'd like to dive into as well, such as how Ethereum is fighting cancer. I don't think most people realize that blockchain can be used within the healthcare industry for many, many different reasons. So let's read this article on decentralized data exchange and how Ethereum is right now being used in certain circles to help with the fight of cancer. The Ethereum blockchain is being used in the global fight against cancer. Like I said, a research paper published in Nature Medicine in April called Swarm Learning for Decentralized Artificial Intelligence in Cancer Histopathy, Histopathology. Someone can correct me on that later. And penned by 27 different contributors indicates in one of its footnotes, the team began using the Ethereum network for its experiments with cancer. According to the paper, artificial intelligence can help predict the emergence of cancerous cells in patients by extracting information about the shape and size of cells that isn't visible to the human eye. The large data sets necessary to run such AI systems, however, face practical, ethical, and legal obstacles from a data collection point of view, especially if the data is being shared across countries. We all know this is a major problem. Uh, thanks to Ethereum being on blockchain and having a decentralized system and network, this does make it much more possible to share data with confidence. One of the ways to address this issue is by using federated learning, FL, which does not require researchers to share data, their data, only their locally trained AI model waits. The problem is that such system, systems rely on a centralized coordinator who essentially combines all the model weights together and who then has complete control over the research project and its commercial exploitation. That is the problem. So this is how it's fixed. Instead, the team pointed to the rising use of Swarm Learning, a system which leverages blockchain technology in order to avoid handing over power to a centralized entity. In other words, 
SL enables teams to share their AI model weights while keeping all contributors on the same level, which makes collaboration between a greater number of parties easier and which in turn feeds AI models with more data, making them stronger. So the takeaway from this, uh, the, the main benefit is there are a lot of people, a lot of countries, a lot of organizations, a lot of universities, a lot of companies that uh, for others are not as trustworthy, that they don't trust their data with, that they don't want to share it with, that they don't want to split credit with, but everyone wants to fight for humanity and do things like find cures for cancer or find better treatments or better prevention methods. Uh, blockchain allows that kind of collaboration. You being able to work with someone you don't inherently trust, but being able to trust, trust the blockchain instead uh, to be the intermediary in that instance. So this is another fantastic way that blockchain is helping in the healthcare industry and more specifically within research that you know, I think is going to become more and more prominent and one of those massive use cases at some point in the near future that we're all going to see. It's going to be very important in uh, medicine. Another thing I want to touch on is whether or not this bear market is over. So obviously things have bottomed out. We're going to switch to economics and trading for a minute. Um, and yeah, so we've been in this bear market all year since last year, I think around this time last year, Bitcoin was at an all time high. So it wasn't that long ago. Uh, this hasn't been like detrimental, but you know, the market is like 90, 95% down in a lot of areas. And people are probably wondering when is it going to move? We've been in some periods of low volatility. Well, a very popular trader has come out and said that he believes that the price of Bitcoin has bottomed out and that a new bull run set to start in the near future. Also noting that long consolidation periods are normal. And I do agree with that. They happen. And that occurs when people start pulling their money from exchanges, when they start selling crypto or they sell out of crypto completely. And volatility from volume is very, very low. Um, according to the synonymous crypto trader Kilio, Bitcoin staying under the 20,000 mark was a gift that lasting for over three months was more than enough in another tweet to the analyst's 500,000 followers. Kaleo noted he believes the bottom is in and that an uptrend is imminent. I do believe that this is true given the fact that we've stayed in a relatively tight range. And if you look at the overall charts for Bitcoin and how it has performed over the years, we're still on track. We're right within that trend and getting closer to the Bitcoin halving in the next year and a half or so. Um, and usually as we get there, we start a new bull market and things rally up and uh, the market recovers. So I do think we're getting much, much closer to where we need to be with that. Um, and I think it's a good time for people to start dollar cost averaging in if you know they are looking to invest in the space. Again, this is not investment advice. Um, I'm not telling you what you should or should not invest in and you should do your own due diligence and decide for yourself. But if it was me. This is a good time to consider it. Uh, there are a lot of things that are underpriced severely that are on sale that are good buying opportunities. So definitely dig into what the options are. Bitcoin might be one of them. Another might be Cardano. So this this is kind of interesting. Cardano. Um, one of the largest blockchains in the world, 
by market cap, mm-hmm. led by Charles Hoskinson, um, has one of the highest uh, wallet counts in the world, has some of the highest activity and user bases in the world, is not listed on FTX yet for some reason, which is kind of funny, yet kind of odd yet. Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, tries to explain why. Um I think this is worth noting since it's one of the few in the top 25 that isn't on FTX and Cardano is a very legitimate blockchain mm-hmm. with very legitimate development and dApps being built in use cases. And they're a very good project. Um, so let's read this. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried tweeted, adding a spot Cardano ADA pair is already on the exchange's roadmap. Sam Bankman-Fried has noted that the popular trading platform currently offers perpetual futures tied to the popular cryptocurrency for its international users. FTX also lets its users trade 3x long Cardano um, EDA bull, whose returns composed of three times the daily return of the cryptocurrency. I guys don't don't do leverage. It's very, very risky unless you know exactly what you're doing. Uh, please don't do it. I know so many people that have gotten burned taking out leverage on crypto. Be very smart. Um, so for now, ADA remains the only top 25 cryptocurrency on the FTX exchange without a spot listing, which is kind of crazy to me. I, I don't understand why FTX hasn't listed Cardano at this point. Uh, they'd make so much money off trading, so much. This prompted some Bosphorus <laughs> uh, members, Voiceforus, um, vocal, I'm going to say vocal, vocal members of the Cardano community to come up with a ludicrous conspiracy theory about why one of the largest crypto exchanges is yet to embrace the ADA token. I'd like to know what that is. Does it say? Of course, FTX is not ignoring the token intentionally. As explained by Sam Bankman-Fried, it is easier to add support for those tokens whose blockchains the exchange already supports. I don't know if I buy that. I, I think there might be some beef behind the scenes. You know, this is very common in the space. Um... I haven't kept up much with, you know, if there's anything going on with Sam Bankman-Fried and Charles Hoskinson or at large with FTX and Cardano, but still, I mean, it's no no exception. One of the biggest blockchains in the world, top 25, top 10 should be on FTX. So I hope that changes soon. Uh, this isn't old news, but Gavin Wood did step down. Um, let's see if I can find it here. It is this one. Gavin Wood, uh, now former CEO um, at Parity Technologies, which runs Polkadot, the key backer supporting the Polkadot ecosystem, decided to step down. Gavin Wood, a longtime crypto developer who co-founded Polkadot after exiting the Ethereum Foundation in 2015, will remain a majority shareholder in Parity. His co-founder, uh, Wagner, will become the new CEO. The Polkadot ecosystem is a network of blockchains running in parallel, known mm-hmm. as parachains, with a central relay chain which handles the governance of the system of blockchains. Polkadot was designed by Ethereum co-founder Gavin Wood as a smarter approach to blockchain scaling. Uh, again, another blockchain out there trying to beat Ethereum at scale, interoperability, and tokenomics, and has consistently been within the top 10 so-called layer one blockchains. In a statement, to Coindesk, Wood said he would focus on making Polkadot more relevant to large swaths of the population in his new role as chief architect. This will begin by helping 
the community design and build several interesting chain integrated social primitives, which I think are crucial for us to deliver a true Web3 platform. So I agree with that. I think that Gavin Wood stepping down isn't a negative for the Polkadot ecosystem. I think it's actually been very beneficial. He's a guy um, that's much more technical that likes to kind of work on blockchain. He likes to develop. He likes to get his hands dirty. I don't think CEO is a good position for him. I think chief architect is much better. And Polkadot is one of those blockchains that technically is uh, fantastic on paper, but hasn't delivered anything. Um, hasn't produced any applications, any real use cases. It's just kind of sitting there with, you know, large uh, investment pool of capital that it's gotten from investors and hasn't done anything again. So I, I think it's about time that some changes happen within the Polkadot ecosystem to really kind of push it forward and get it to compete or it's going to fall into irrelevancy. There's a lot of good blockchains out there that fall irrelevant simply because they don't develop anything. Um, so it, it's actually more of an exciting thing than a scary thing. If you are into Polkadot and you invest in it or you build on that platform. Um, so expect good things from it in the future. Last topic of discussion is DeFi regulation. So right now there is a bill, like I've mentioned before, called the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act in the United States right now that is aiming to regulate crypto. And one of the areas that it wants to regulate a bit more heavily is DeFi. And people are very scared right now because legislation has been very harsh towards things like stable coins, saying that they would either be illegal or highly regulated. And stable coins are a very important backbone to onboarding people into crypto and providing capital to the industry. So DeFi... Uh, which stands for decentralized finance, is responsible for exchanges, for platforms, for currency swaps, uh, anything within finance or financially related that is decentralized and not controlled by an entity, not controlled by the government, not controlled by any kind of regulator. So in the eyes of the law and the government, this is a big no-no. So drafts of this act this legislation in Congress has leaked out and it has left a lot of people concerned about how it could potentially impact DeFi, decentralized finance, and it's left a lot of mixed opinion. Um, in a recent article kind of covering that leak, it says that the latest draft appears to cushion language perceived to be detrimental to DeFi, a category of blockchain-based solutions that aim to improve finance by replacing central intermediaries with software code. It lays out what constitutes digital commodities, brokers, custodians, dealers, platforms. Also included in the document are rules and the core principles that apply to players in the digital commodities sphere. Um, the bipartisan bill was introduced by, it was actually, yeah, bipartisan between a Democrat and a Republican in August. Legislation clarifies that Bitcoin and Ether are to be classified as commodities as opposed to securities that come under the ambit of the SEC, implying that the CFTC would have exclusive jurisdiction over them. There's a lot of things left to be defined as we talked at the beginning of this episode. Uh, also, there's some drama with Sam Bankman fried um, in this bill as well, saying that he might have had some input with some of it. But he's also come out and said that the bill is not going to hurt DeFi or kill DeFi. Um, but that's maybe a conversation for 
another time, to be completely honest. Anyways, this bill, we have no idea specifically what is going to be in the final draft of this bill before it's put before Congress again. I believe it's in the Senate right now being edited. And we know a few things like obviously we know how they're going to classify Bitcoin and Ethereum. We know how they're going to probably classify tokens, how they'll probably do a de minimis for small transactions under 600. That's been there for a while. Um, how they'll probably look at stable coins. But yeah, there's there's a lot of questions around DeFi, DAOs, DAGs, oracles, um, pooling money, raising money, uh, ICOs, NFTs. Will those things get covered in the bill? Um, will they get regulated sufficiently to allow for this market to grow? Because in my opinion, this bill is absolutely necessary and is really key if we want this market to come back anytime soon. We need regulation for larger players and larger capital to feel comfortable getting into this industry. So I'm hoping that there is a very specific set of wording for these different parts of the you know Web3 ecosystem, including things like DeFi. I don't think there will be because I don't think these politicians are very bright when it comes to tech, when it comes to finance. Um, I don't think that they're going to know what to put in. I think this bill is going to get revised many, many times after it becomes law. So don't expect it to be right, right out the gate. There will be a lot of changes. Plus, we have a big change up coming in Congress here in November. Uh, a lot of seats up on both sides. And then two years later, we will have another presidential election. And these things all affect bills. They all affect legislation. So we don't really know what's going to happen. But keep your eye on it. It is definitely important. Anyways, guys, that is it for the episode today. Um, tomorrow, we will be covering um, the FBI bribery scandal with the Chinese, which is um, very sad to hear about. It did affect a number of things. We're going to talk about what it affected and how that might relate to crypto and blockchain and Web3 as well. Anyways, stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out, guys. Ciao. Have a good day. Have a good weekend.